Hey everyone, welcome to ZDNX English Podcast, an English podcast which is not dead, it hasn't gone to meet its maker, it isn't pushing up the daisies yet, it's still in the realm of the living. No, this podcast hasn't turned into a zombie. I just had to take a short break because I've recently been involved in something very important. Not particularly important for the world. No, this is not of world's significance. Nothing like a secret spy mission or finding a cure against a deadly virus or saving the world from a huge catastrophe in a Superman fashion. No, not really. I mean, I'd love to do something like that, obviously. But it isn't that easy, you know? Um, and I might not necessarily be that brave either. I have to admit, this was historically the longest break from publishing an episode on ZEP. That's right. The intermission was about six weeks long. The last episode I published was called A Chat with Johnny, and it was episode number 124. Quite a popular one, on the whole. The most popular episode of the year so far, actually. Just to put you in the picture, I've been doing this podcast for more than three years now. Uh, I started back in 2012. So, there you go. To cut a long story short, let me explain my absence, which took almost a month. Last few weeks, I was busy because a moment of suspense. I was taking a CELTA course. What is a CELTA course, you might be asking? Well, it is not a course for salespeople. No, I was not learning to sell tough or sell stuff. No, I don't aim to become a drug dealer or, or anything remotely similar to that. Um, no, nothing of this sort. But, as you know, I work as an English teacher and I'm a qualified English teacher, in fact, because I have got a degree in English teaching. About four years ago, I graduated from a university uh, of Pardubice uh, in the Czech Republic. And ever since then, I've been... Well, actually, I was an English teacher even before I graduated, but never mind. Uh, let's not go into details too much. Uh, let's just say that I have been teaching English for a long time. And uh, teaching English is my job, profession, uh, it's my occupation. There you have some synonyms of the word job, I think you noticed. How ingenious of me, right? Um, yeah, so this is something I do for a living. And uh, I actually love doing it. And it is a means of providing for myself, you know. It's it's um, obviously that, that what that is what a job normally is, right? Um, you need to get by, you need to make ends meet, you need to make ends meet, sorry. So, um, in order to do that, what do you need? Well, you need the, the magic thing called money. And I earn money through uh, being an, an English teacher. I hope you get it now. Um, a bit was a bit patronizing of me, to be honest with you. How could you not know how this uh, basic economic principle works, right? Well, anyway, um, so what uh, what is CELTA? 
um, it's, it's the course I took. <laughs> and it is a prestigious course for English teachers, a course which is uh, pretty, well, well not, not really pretty. I don't think that a, a course can be pretty. That, that is a bad collocation. A girl can be pretty, not a course. I want you to use pretty as an adverb, right? Not, not as an adjective. Uh, an adverb modifying another adjective, right? Does it make any sense? I hope it does. Anyway, what I wanted to say before I ended up talking about this nonsense, which is a commonly occurring phenomenon here on the Next English Podcast, what I wanted to say, what I intended to say, was that uh, the course had been pretty intensive and intense. You have no idea how intense it was. It basically took up, uh, excuse me, it basically took up all my time. It literally gobbled up one month of my life. I had no time for almost anything, let alone recording or publishing a podcast episode. So this is my kind of an excuse. This is how I want to explain my absence here. And I have to say it was a demanding period of my life, an emotional experience um, in its way and very eventful, uh, admittedly often exhausting, uh, also due to uh, quite um, hot weather. And also, wait for it, a bit frustrating at times. However, it turned out to be, um, it turned out to be fruitful and rewarding in the end. And now that I am cooled off, well, I'm not really cooled off, because right now, at this point, the weather is absolutely sweltering. It's boiling hot here in the Czech Republic. I think we, um, some kind of a record um, uh, has been broken, because at this, at this moment, uh, about 10 minutes ago, I went outside. I've got a, a thermometer there, and... Um, in the shade, it showed uh, it showed almost 40 degrees, something like 39.3, something like that. And it is not typical. It is not typical here in this country. But I don't know what's happening this year. Uh, the, the, the weather has gone really crazy, um, especially now in summer. And it was the same, actually, during my CELTA course. So now that I'm cooled off, now that I have the liberty of looking at things with more perspective, um, now that I can look at things from the hindsight, uh, let me break this course down to you. Let me tell you what it gave me and um, what it maybe deprived me of, possibly, how it influenced me and how it enriched me as an English teacher. Did I manage to take my teaching to another level? Wasn't this just a waste of money? How did I actually do in the course? Did I succeed in the competition of uh, the native speakers? Keep listening to this episode to find the answers. I think this might be a useful episode for you because I imagine... Some of you are uh, English teachers or might want to become English teachers one day. I mean, why not? There are never enough English teachers. And I'm not afraid of competition. I realize that competition makes me strong. 
because it makes me want to work harder. And guess what? It is possible to become an English teacher, supposing your English is at least at a C1 level, just by passing SALTA course. One remark before we start. Well, we have kind of already started, haven't we? There is something I need I need to tell you, something very important, and I have already touched up on this a bit. No, I'm not pregnant because I'm a I'm a man. No, I'm I'm telling you something else. I've scripted this episode. Yeah, I have. I've written most of what I'm saying. I wonder, have you noticed it? Scripted, you're asking. What does this mean? Well, well, it means that you get a more fluent delivery from me. Not necessarily authentic, though. And uh, for me, it means that when I do this kind of thing, and it has happened here on this podcast before, but it's not, it's not, uh, I don't do this in majority of cases, actually, but I did it this time because I thought it, this episode is quite important and I want to uh, kind of get my my thoughts together in, 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 a, in, a, meaning, in, <clears throat> in a meaningful way. So uh, that's why I did it. And what it means for me is that um, I'm not practicing my speaking fluency right now. No, I'm not. Even though it, I speak a lot. Yeah, I do. But in terms of language teaching and learning and terminology and uh, methodology and all, all that kind of thing, right now I'm not practicing my speaking. I'm rather practicing my pronunciation and uh, of course, when I wrote this script, I was practicing my writing skills. So this is just to make things clear. Reading aloud does not mean speaking. That's the main point. Yeah. So some people think uh, when they read out a text, for example, in a, in a classroom, when, when a teacher asks them to, to read something, they think that they're practicing their speaking, but they definitely not. They're not even practicing their reading skills. The only thing they're practicing is their pronunciation skills. All right. So there you go. Um, so what this? Uh, sorry. So this is what I was going to be doing mostly, but I will do my best to sound natural if possible. Uh, I wonder, have I been sounding natural so far? I really wonder. And um, I also reserve the right to go off the script. Uh, to work on my speaking if it feels necessary and uh, to the point or if I just have a sudden urge uh, it could happen you never know and in fact it has already happened several times I don't think I can prevent this can I right it's um, you know it's very tempting to do that and I'm doing it right now. I didn't have this word tempting here in my notes, but it was it is such a nice English word that I was tempted to use it. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I definitely reserve the right to uh, to do this kind of thing when I deem it necessary or appropriate uh, or when I just have a compulsive need or what have you. This is bound to be a very long episode. I just want to warn you ahead. Um, I've written this episode on about 10 pages in Microsoft Word, so brace yourself. Um, you are in for a lot of information, and this is going to be my monologue. So if you don't like this kind of episode, well, what can I recommend you to do? Well, you, you can obviously stop listening, but please 
don't do that. Um, I mean, this is this is your chance to get to know me better, to get to know your host. But obviously, uh, I mean, you're free people. You have free will. I, I can't force you to to do this. Uh, of course, you can stop listening right now and maybe wait for for episodes where I interview some people, my friends or native speakers, whatever, you know. But obviously. I will be very happy and delighted and uh, over the moon and um, full of joys of spring when you actually um, listen to this till the very end. I'll try to make it interesting and uh, perhaps uh, there will be some kind of um, surprise or punchline or something like that at the end. We will see how it goes. Uh, I've written the script but you never know. Uh, things may uh, change and uh, and you know I may go off the script, go off the tangent, as we say, something like that. Okay, sorry for overusing the phrase something like that. By the way, I should not do that so often, should I? Okay, so um, I think I might actually divide this episode into two or more parts if it turns out to be too long. If it if I ramble on in this kind of manner, and um, yeah, it's just inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not gonna be just one episode. It would be it would be two hours or more. So so again, let's let's um, let's actually let me tell you something worthwhile instead of just waffling on. Um, so again, what is CELTA? It is a certificate of teaching English to speakers of other languages. It's administered by Cambridge. Everyone knows what Cambridge is, right? Well, let's say along with Oxford, um, it is the biggest authority in the world as regards the English language learning and teaching. And um, not just this, of course, this is the most respected academic community, or what you might call it, in any field in the world. And no, no, I did not travel all the way to this famous university town to take the course. Nope. I had the luxury of taking it right in my country, which is, as you know, the Czech Republic. By the way, everyone knows where the Czech Republic is, right? Let's say it is in the Middle East of Europe, something like... <clears throat> I haven't finished that phrase. You, you haven't heard me say something like that, have you? No. Um... We are eastern neighbors of Germany, if it helps you. And there is one school, um, a massive language school in Prague called Accent. And uh, they offer most of the Cambridge exams, such as FCE, CAE, CPE, IELTS, ETC. Uh, that, that wasn't a name of, a, of an exam, ETC. It, it was etc. Uh, that was a... An attempt of, of a lame joke. Um, never mind. But not only that, they also uh, have CELTA. And uh, they have fully qualified staff for that, obviously. Really smart and educated people. These guys really know what they're doing. Um, you might be wondering, Zdeniek, why on earth did you take CELTA? You have established here countless times that you're a fully qualified English teacher. You have a degree and everything. Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. This is all true. So why take it? 
It doesn't make any sense at all in your position to take a course like that, which is degradation for you anyway. Right. Well, actually, not right at all. Wrong. Let me prove you wrong a bit here in this episode. There are a lot of reasons for me to take this course, of course. So, let me provide you with some rationale behind my decision to go for CELTA. The initial incentive came last year when I started thinking of going to England in order to take my English to another level. I realized that having a Cambridge certificate like this might significantly help me because it would increase my chances of finding a job in the UK or anywhere in the world. When I was applying for the course, I had already made this decision uh, to go to England. But as you know, things have got a bit complicated uh, since then, uh, because uh, you know this because I keep you posted about uh, these things, you know. I tell you some stuff about my personal life. And I had to postpone this adventure, but obviously I took the course anyway, because eventually I would like to go to England and also because um, the, what's it called? Uh, return return the fees policy or okay when you need to return the fees you paid for whatever uh, it's it's kind of tough you know they will charge you a lot of money for that and you might not get even 50% of of it back so um i mean it was a, it was an obvious choice for me to to uh, just uh, just take the course despite uh, my decision not to go to England right now, but um, sometime later. And besides, I spoke to Luke uh, from Luke's English Podcast. I asked him to give me some advice of the usefulness of CELTA. And uh, we had a chat um, on Facebook. And basically, he recommended it to me he said it would be um, it would be a good thing to do a wise decision to make um, the thing is the university degrees and generally any qualifications achieved in other parts of the world are not recognized in the UK to the extent uh, they are in these parts of the world in other words um, making it uh, sound a bit complicated but in other words if you get uh, a degree if you graduate here in 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 the Czech Republic it's it's perfect f for you uh, in this country you know it's everybody respects that but you wouldn't necessarily get the same kind of respect and acknowledgement and recognition in England right because they don't know the standards what they don't know what the standards of the schools are here and the standards of education and the teachers and you know what I actually it seems to be a bit unfair but I kind of understand it because um, the standards of education are so different um, in different parts of the world uh, it is so different that they don't really have a choice yeah so CELTA kind of fills this gap it's it's mm, 
provides you uh, an opportunity to to show to show the relevant people to show the authorities that uh, you are at the level because this exam is standardized all over the world wherever you take it it needs to meet some criteria and standards so and it's the same here or or, or um, in England it doesn't matter where you take it so um, um, yeah in my career I have come across some teachers who should have never been awarded a degree because they can't simply do the job well and if you really intend to teach English in a country of full of native speakers you better make sure that you're good at what you're doing profession-wise to make up for the fact that your English is never gonna be as good as um, as English of a native, naturally. Successfully taking CELTA is a great way to show initiative, initiative, I think. It gives your potential employee kind of a proof that you are not afraid to get your hands dirty and compete with native speakers, in my case. It is a great record on your CV, a string to your bow, which is obviously useful if you are an archer or, or an elf, right? I wonder, are there any elves listening to this? Well, they better be. If you happen to be an elf, could you send me an email to zdenek.lukas at sezna.cz It's my email. Or just leave a comment in Zdenek's English Podcast Facebook group. Just say hi. Um, my name is... Uh, Legolas, or, or whatever your name is, and uh, I'm an elf. I have never received an email from an elf, and I would really love to. It it does sound awesome. It's one thing that is on my bucket list, I think, now. Yeah, let me edit here. I'm, okay, I'm using a pen to write it. Actually, I'm just pretending to be doing that, but you didn't notice, did you? Okay, um... Talking of native speakers, it brings me to another point. Yes, I actually took CELTA to get to know some more native speakers as well. I expected there would be a bunch of them. In that, I was slightly unlucky, uh, because there were only three out of possible ten. But these were really interesting people, so in the end, I didn't mind. So why did I want to have natives on the course? Well... I was hoping to make some friends, to get good contacts, have fun and have opportunities um, to practice my English with them and enrich my vocabulary and also, um, uh, I think uh, you have guessed this, also to record cool episodes of the next English podcast, some interviews and stuff. A subsidiary reason for me was to broaden my horizons. I expected I would know most stuff um, that I was gonna... By the way, did I use the word stuff um, before uh, when I actually wanted to use the word stuff? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. I think I did I did make this mistake. Stuff is things, and there is a, a vowel sound uh, which is short A, uh, stuff. However, stuff... It's a personnel, it's people who work uh, in a company, it's the employees, staff, there's a long ah sound, okay, like start, uh, stuff, 
Uh, it's like a, a cup, okay? So, okay, I expected that I would know more stuff that I was going to be presented during CELTA theory input sessions, so I didn't think that I would really learn many things on the course. Was I right to believe so or wrong? Well, let's wait with the answer for now. Everything has its time. Uh, everything has its right time. Everything comes to whom he waits. Um, the course itself was not uh, exactly of the cheapest ones. Well, in fact, for someone like me, it cost an arm and a leg. Uh, really expensive it was. It was definitely not cheap as chips. You might be thinking, and some of my friends have, have hinted at, that, that this could potentially be a waste of money for someone like me, someone who has a university qualification. Um, might, this might be a case of squandering money. Um, and I was aware that uh, I was in for a lot of repetition in this course. To give you an example, there were people who had no idea what a phonemic chart is. I'm talking about symbols that are used to transcribe pronunciation, uh, the famous IPA or phonetic alphabet, if you will. And there were other things um, such as English tense system and we, we were sort of uh, coming to terms uh, and coming with uh, how was the what's the phrase coming no getting the grips I think it's getting the grips with uh, the uh, the conditionals and so on so you know uh, even after signing up for the course there were moments when I was slightly questioning my decision was this the right move for me to do, or was it not? Shouldn't I have invested this money in something else? When did I sign up for the course, actually? Well, it was in January this year. Could have been February, not sure exactly. I had to do an interview first. Um, was not really hard for me. I would say it was as easy as shooting a fish in a barrel. Not that I would know how easy or hard it is to do that. But anyway, during the interview I was asked um, how I would teach passive voice and also to clarify some vocabulary. I had a good chat with the interviewer. Um, apparently most applicants are reasonable people and sensible guys, so failing the interview is rather rare. Mostly only those who can um, do it, uh, who have the potential to finish the course, uh, apply. So there is a very little chance for someone to fail the interview. After all, it is all just business, isn't it? Uh, and uh, they get money from uh, the applicants, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, people pay large sums to enter the course. Should I tell you how much it was? Mm hmm, not sure. Uh, all right, let's do it. Are you ready to be blown away by the, um, <clears throat> by the sum of money you will hear now? Well, I was. I was blown away a bit. I was gobsmacked. Um, I had to pay 898 pounds, which is, believe me, for someone like me, a lot of money. I could have used this money in a, a different 
more pleasant way, uh, like going to Ibiza, having a lot of parties there, girls and stuff, buying some tickets to see Premier League football, buying myself two really nice bicycles, or buying a lot of more, uh, buying a lot more board games. By the way, this has been my new obsession, my new addiction, uh, board gaming. I have met um, interesting people. They're my ex-students. Uh, remember those guys uh, from the uh, from the episode recorded in silver um, when they presented me with the board game? Yes, half of these people uh, I meet regularly now. And we play uh, a lot of board games and it is fun and I really enjoy it. And um, yes, and I have bought uh, some games now and I keep buying them more and I don't really have any more money. So it's an obsession. It's um, well, I might I might need to see a doctor or, or, or some um, psychologist or psychiatrist soon. Let's hope it will not come to that. But you never know. Um, anyway, so why did I decide to do this course? Why take CELTA uh, when it's so expensive? Well, I think uh, I invested in education, you know. I think this is like investment in your future, okay? If, this, if I can capitalize on this now, obviously I've got the certificate, right? <laughs> I mean... I have spilled the beans right now. I um, I let the cat out of the bag, but it would be ridiculous for me to record an episode and actually not pass CELTA. I think I, I couldn't even do it. I think it would be too embarrassing for me. Um, so you got it. I got the certificate now. All right. So yeah, I think it might come in handy uh, in the future. So this is kind of an investment in... in uh, education and uh, it's not mater material possessions right it's uh, nothing materialistic it's um it's kind of abstract it's it's i invested in knowledge you know so is this nice thing to do or is it foolish of me well you be my judge i think only time will show um so back in winter i decided to take the course and uh, I thought the best time to do it would be in summer. Uh, why? Well, I generally have much less work in summer as an English teacher. At the moment, more, there is almost no work. So I took the course from uh, the ninth, from the, uh, sorry, I took the course between the 29th of June um, and 24th of June, uh, July. Sorry, I, I have to say this again. Um, I started the course, I entered the course on the 29th of June and it lasted until the 24th of July. How intensive was the course? Well, one word, very. With some expectations, we would start the school. Uh, sorry, what's going on with me? I think it must be the heat. It is taking its toll, um, naturally. Um, uh, with, with some exceptions, we would start the school day at 9.15. There was a lunch break uh, and then we finished at 6 p.m. And because I'm a masochist, I commuted every day instead of um, having some accommodation nearby. 
you know, I'm not exactly from Prague, so um, I had to get up very early, mostly at 6.30 in the morning. Then I went by bike to Podjebrady railway station, and I took a train to Prague. Took ab- um took me about an an hour. Then I changed um, at the main at the Prague main station to tube, and another fifteen minutes by tube, and then ten minute walk to school. So I used basically four different means of transport: a bike, train, tube, and and on foot. Um, so it was it was very um, uh, what's the word diverse or it was different you know it was not dull it was let's say it was not dull it was a bit unique okay so when the school day finished i had to go all the way back home and normally i wasn't home until about 8:30 all this was done during a massive heat wave as i said we had possibly the hottest weather i have ever experienced here in the czech republic i'm not kidding it was absolutely sweltering Temperatures close to 40 degrees on the hottest days. Was I alone in Celta? Well, of course not. I had some classmates, other candidates. We were officially called trainees, and there were 11 of us. So it was me and uh, 10 other people. We were divided into two TP teaching practice groups. TP stands for teaching practice. My group had six of us. Uh, in the other group, there were five people. We had three teachers called SATA tutors. They were really interesting personalities. There was Michelle from Australia with a distinctive sense of humor. Not not once would she threat to smack us if we didn't follow the rules. That was quite funny. And she had a lovely English, but not a particularly strong Australian accent. But sometimes it came through, nev- um, nevertheless... Instead of now, she would say often now, now, or better, better, which was really cool. Um, and she was uh, the head tutor, uh, a great teacher, great teacher she was, really. Then there was Gregor, who was originally from Scotland, but grew up in Australia. He was a really smart guy but could be very direct and sometimes a little bit ruthless when giving you feedback. He certainly didn't beat around the bush. He just went straight to uh, the point and sometimes uh, there was a lot of constructive criticism directed at us. And um, often it was, I don't know, like it sometimes... Because we made so much effort, sometimes it was a bit harsh, the, the way he was telling us. But, you know, that's, that's how it was. And it's good to have, again, some variety. So the, the tutors were, were really different. They really had, uh, all of them had unique personality. Anyway, um, what, was, what was interesting about Gregor was that he, he used to pronounce idea as idea. Yeah. It was really cool, I thought. Idea. <laughs> I, I really like that. And we, the, all the trainees, we ended up making fun of him a little bit. And sometimes we would also say the word idea instead of idea. Um, so, um, and there was also Anna, who nobody knew where she was from. Because she had an, 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 
She had an unidentifiable accent. It's hard to say unidentifiable. Unidentifiable. Unidentified. It's like a tongue twister, isn't it? Unidentified. I can't. I can't seem to be able to say it. Uh, unidentifiable accent. There you go. Apparently, she's originally from Macedonia, but um, also a little bit from Bosnia, and she spent a lot of time in English-speaking countries, and you can tell that, that her accent is really nice. But it's like, where does she come from? You know, the accent, he can't really place it. By the way, later we found out that both Gregor and Anna have a PhD in literature literature so these were our tutors they all of them certainly knew their onions so what are the requirements and criteria to uh, you have to meet to pass such a course well there is no final exam or anything like that instead you are subjected to an ongoing assessment which puts a lot of pressure on you from the very beginning every other day you teach a group of students uh, always 45-minute lessons. Altogether, there were eight observed teaching practices, and we taught in two different classes. Uh, the first uh, group we taught was a group of intermediate students, and then came a group of pre-intermediate students. And these lessons were, as I said, observed, which means that the tutor made notes about what we were doing wrong and right, and uh, so were our classmates. And then we had a feedback session where, um, uh, in which we compared our notes and uh, kind of praised as well as criticized each other. Uh, it was important that we tried to be very nice to each other. You know, um, you could see if, I mean, it's natural that you have to be nice, even if you think the lessons didn't go well. Because if you're not nice, if you're picking on, then, you know, it will come back at you. Uh, people will have their revenge or something like that. So it was, it was a good decision to be, to be reasonable when you wanted to say something. It can really be a nerve-wracking experience to teach when observed by seven people. Trust me. Especially for those who have never taught before. Um, after you teach, you fill in a self-evaluation sheet and then there is a feedback session and you also get a written assessment by the tutor. Uh, the written assessment generally tends to be harsher than the oral feedback. Besides the teaching practice, you also have to complete four assignments and you work on these over the weekend. So, how were we assessed? Are there any grades you can get or is it just pass-fail? Well, the answer is straightforward. You can fail if you do not meet the criteria, or you can pass if you do. And if you pass, there are three different passing grades. Let me read you now from the SALTA guidebook to give you an idea, or idea uh, of what the criteria for each grade are. A pass is awarded to candidates whose performance overall in the teaching practice and in the written assignment meets the specific criteria. They will continue to need guidance to help them to develop and broaden their range of skills as teachers in post. A pass, grade B, is awarded to candidates 
whose performance in the written assignments meets the specific criteria and who have shown, actually, who have demonstrated in their teaching practice a level of achievement significantly higher than that required to meet pass level criteria in relation to classroom teaching skills. A pass grade A is awarded to candidates whose performance in the written assignments meets the specific criteria and who have demonstrated in their teaching practice a level of ability and achievement and a level of awareness significantly higher than that required to meet pass level criteria in relation to planning for effective teaching and uh, classroom teaching skills. To tell you the truth, pass A is extremely rare and really difficult to get, and only about 5% of applicants achieve it. On the other hand, standard pass is the most frequent assessment trainees get. You can check out the statistics, I posted some graphs in the Facebook group. So all in all, you have to pass all specific criteria or you will fail the course without exception. You know, Cambridge have to keep the standards high. So even if you pay uh, this much money, you can actually fail the course, which would be ridiculous. But that's how it is. Normally, there are not many dropouts because people are usually sensible. And if they don't have what it takes, they don't bother taking SALTA. But not always, but usually yes, yes. Like 99% of cases, I think that's, that's what happens. It's the money factor. It's the money factor. Um, now I, I can see the argument for uh, introducing the, the tuition in the Czech Republic. You know, you know the education, like the higher education universities, it's free of charge here in the Czech Republic. And often you get these students who are financed and supported by their families and they don't regard the opportunity they don't they don't value it as much as they should and you get these students who are lazy who not who are not performing and then they drop out naturally because it's they don't pass the exams but this wouldn't happen if they actually had to pay for for the tuition you know so that could be an argument for Uh, introducing tuition in the Czech Republic. So I can I can see the benefit of it now. Um, so what was I talking about? Yeah, um, not many dropouts normally. Even during our course, there were some who were sort of borderline for various reasons. I do not know if these people passed or not. Actually, I do know it now. I do know it. They all passed. Our group passed because we were so smart, of course. And yeah, admittedly, some of the, 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 the trainees uh, had difficulties, uh, struggled, and it was borderline. Sometimes they even failed um, some of their teaching practices. But it's part of the course. I mean, if you are borderline, you just have to, just have to do your best and learn from your mistakes. That's how it is. Yeah. So in the end, all is... Hang on, what's the phrase? All is well that ends well. All is well that ends well. And I think this brings this episode to a close. Actually, it's just the first part of uh, this. And um, in the next episode, um, you will be able to listen to um, the second part, surprisingly. Yeah? <laughs> 
Uh, maybe this episode will have three parts. We will see. I think enough of, of parts. I think you're sick and tired of hearing the word parts. Uh, so, hi, hi. No, no. I didn't. I didn't want to say hi. It's not what you normally say when you when you want to uh, say goodbye, right? You don't say hi. Uh, you say hi at the beginning. I I wanted to say how. How did I do in this course? And what were my personal challenges? What did I struggle with? Well, these questions will uh, remain unanswered. And it was uh, a smart way of me to uh, kind of keep you in suspense and to perhaps promote a bit. Hopefully, I managed to lock you in for this episode. You got sucked in. In the next episode, you will find all the answers to the questions I've just asked. So, all that remains me to say is until next time, goodbye.